In my hand, I am holding a washing cup. In Yiddish, we call this a kvart. And this is made for ritual washing. In the morning when you get up, after saying Bodani, one is not permitted to walk six feet, four cubits, before washing their hands. Chassidim have a wash basin together with this next to the bed. They don't even get off the bed. And you wash your hands like this. Now, I'm going to show you how you ritually wash your hands in the morning. You pick up the cup in your right hand. You pass it to your left hand. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. This is called alternate washing, which means we move from one hand to the other hand. Now, when you eat bread... When you wash for hamotzi, again, you use this cup of water. You fill up the cup in the right hand, pass it to the left. And this time you wash one, two, three. And then you wash one, two, three. To understand this, on five levels, Pshat, Remez, Drush, Soid, and Chsidis. On the most simple level of Pshat, you look into the coded Jewish law, it says, when you get up in the morning, you are to wash your hands six times, one, two, three, four, five, six, and you alternate. When you wash for bread, you wash it three times consecutively. Now, the law is that the water has to be clean water, number one. In other words, you cannot use water that you used to wash dishes. Even though it's pretty much clean, it's not good. It has to be clean water to wash your hands. Number two, the vessel itself needs to be unbroken. You cannot have a chip in it or, or a crack in it, but it has to be a complete, perfect vessel has to be able to stand on its own. It doesn't tip over. It has to be a kosher vessel. Number three, human intervention. A human being has to do it, not a robot. Someone else can do it for you, but it has to be a human person who is washing the hands. This is the basic law of washing your hands. Now, what is the reason that we wash our hands in the morning when we arise from sleep? There are two basic reasons given in the Code of Jewish Law. Number one is that we are all Kohanim. We are all born to serve Almighty God. And just like the Kohen in the Holy Temple, before he did his service, he prepared himself ritually, he washed his hands. We too, when we get up in the morning, we say Modani, we acknowledge Almighty God, we now confirm that throughout the entire day we will do everything in our power, in our capacity, in our resources to make a dwelling place for Almighty God. We are all priests. We are all serving God. That's number one. Number two is that when you go to sleep at night, a spirit of impurity covers your entire body. 
And the reason for this is because our soul, our neshama, leaves our body. When there's a void of holiness and spirituality in our body, the powers of impurity, a ruach tumah, a spirit of impurity, and klipa, now attach itself to the body. And while we're asleep, they are now nourishing themselves from our spirituality and our vitality. When we get up in the morning, we have new energy, new power, they leave the body. But they still remain on the fingers, on the hand. And therefore we need to remove the spirit of impurity from our hand, and therefore we wash negelwasser, we wash ritually our hands in the morning to remove this spirit of impurity. If you walk six feet without washing your hands, now this spirit of impurity goes over your entire body. Furthermore, if you don't wash negelwasser, you're not allowed to touch your eyes, your nose, your mouth, any open orifices. It's very dangerous. So this is the basic law, according to Pshat, of the washing of your hands. What is the is? What is the hint? We find a very interesting halach in the Code of Jewish Law, chapter 158. Rabbi Shnei of the Adid al-Drebbe says like this, What is the reason why we wash our hands before bread? He says, because generally our hands are called Shniot Latumba. Our hands are always doing things. And therefore, probably, our hands touch something that was impure. And because of this, our rabbis instituted that the average hand is called the second level of impurity, which can make truma, truma, the tithe, which is given to the Kohen impure. And the Kohen is not allowed to eat the truma the tithe, unless his hands are pure. So the Kohen needs to wash his hands before he eats the truma, the tithe. Now, even though this rule is primarily for Kohanim, yet our rabbis decreed that this ordinance should be universal for everybody, not to distinguish between the Kohen and the non-Kohen. Furthermore, even today, nowadays, when there is no holy temple, we still wash our hands ritually before eating bread. Even though the Kohanim and all of us are spiritually and ritually impure. Why? Because the Mashiach will come and they will build the third holy temple. We will be familiar with the washings of your hand. In other words, so that every person is habituated with this mitzvah, with this ritual, we should even wash today in exile, in the diaspora, when the Kohanim do not eat from the truma, from the tithe. Why? To keep in mind that when Mashiach will come today and take us out of Golos, we already know how to wash our hands. This is the remez, this is the hint. So a halacha that we do every single day is based on the fact that we believe that today Mashiach is coming and therefore we already know how to wash our hands ritually. This is the rem as the hint. What is a drush? We find a very interesting halacha. And that is even though 
We say the impurity goes from your nails until your wrist. And therefore, one needs to wash their hands every morning when they get up. However, there are two days a year when you do not wash your entire hand. Those two days a year are number one, Yom Kippur, and number two, Tisha B'Av. On these two days, when you get up in the morning, you only wash until your knuckles. Until your knuckles. You don't wash your entire hand. Now, what's the reason behind this? On a practical reason is, because we're fasting today, and therefore you don't want to refresh yourself, or freshen up yourself with water, and feel good about yourself. So therefore we do the minimal. But according to a deeper dimension of Torah, the reason is as follows. The day of Yom Kippur is called Yom HaKadosh. It's a holy day. It's so holy that God forgives us for all our sins. It's such a powerful day. There's so much light in the world. There's so much Kedusha in the world that the powers of impurity cannot grab on to our bodies. And because the light is so overwhelming, even when we sleep, the impurity is only up to our knuckles. It doesn't go down up until our wrists. And that is why on Yom Kippur, you only have to wash up until your knuckles. Now, Tisha B'Av is the opposite. It's the reverse. Tisha B'Av is the day when the Holy Temple was destroyed. We are therefore broken. It's a day when spiritually we are weak. If we are weak, the klipa, the powers of impurity don't need us. They don't want us. They want energy. They don't want weaklings. They want vitality. So because, to begin with, there's not too much light, there's not too much holiness, there's not too much vitality, the klipa only attacks us a little bit up until our knuckles. And that's why we wash Neglavasar, again, only until our knuckles. So this is the drush, this is the homiletics of the washing your hands in the morning. And we don't wash our hands before bread that day because we don't eat on Yom Kippur or on Tisha B'Av. What is soyid? What is the esoteric reason behind washing one's hands? The Talmud states in the Tractate of Sota, Kol hamezalzel binetilas yadoyim nekar meha'olam. It says, anyone who will make fun of the washing of hands and diminish the importance of it, saying, well, why do I need to do this ritual washing? I wash my hands with soap and water, hot water. It's sterilized. I don't need to wash my hands before I eat bread. Or in the morning, I don't need to wash my hands near my bed. I'll go take a shower, that's good enough. Says the Gemara, anyone that diminishes and makes fun of the washing of the hands, nekar ma'olam, that person is removed from this world. Now, the Arizal has a question. Why does the Talmud say remove from this world? It could have said he's punished, he gets lashes, why is he removed from this world? Why this terminology? And he explains according to Kabbalah that when we wash our hands, we are washing ten fingers. 
The ten fingers allude to the ten utterances of creation. God created the world with ten utterances. So therefore, when we diminish in the washing of your hands, we are removed from the world that was created with ten utterances. Furthermore, God created the world with speech. God created the world by saying, let there be light. But it started from the name of God, the name of Almighty God. The name of Almighty God, the Tetragrammaton, is four letters, the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He. But when you spell out the four letters, the Yud is spelled Yud Vav Dalid, He is He Aleph, Vav is Vav Aleph Vav, and He is He Aleph. Altogether, that is ten letters. So when you diminish in the washing of your ten fingers, you are diminishing in the ten letters of God's holy ineffable name. If there's no God, there's no world. So by undermining this mitzvah, we are undermining God. Nekar ma'olam, you are removed from the world, for there is no world. What does Chassidus say? Chassidus has a very beautiful question. And that is, why in the morning when you get up, do you wash alternately? And when you wash for bread, do you wash consecutively? What's the difference? Why do you famish us? Why do you confuse us? Just tell us, you wash this way or that way. Why the difference in washing? Great question. So to understand this, we need to first understand what the meaning of netilat yadayim is. We translate it to wash your hands. But literally, to wash your hands should be rechitzas yadayim. Rechitza means to wash. Yet the word that is chosen is netilat yadayim. Why netilas? The word netila has three meanings. Number one, to remove. Number two, to elevate. And number three, a water vessel, a water cup. There are two basic concepts pertaining to the washing of one's hands. When you get up in the morning, the concept is to remove the impurity from your body. When you eat bread, it's to elevate the body. Two separate approaches. Two different arenas. And therefore, when you remove, you alternate. When you elevate, you do it consecutively. Why? To understand this, we first need to look deeper into the philosophy and the mystical aspect behind the washing of one's hands. Our hands, says the Talmud, is always involved in things. Chassidus says that the hands also represent an extension of one's emotions. Because the body is divided up into three parts. The head, the torso, and the feet. The head primarily is intellect. The torso primarily is heart, emotion. And the feet is action. Our emotions primarily is how we are reacting to the world around us and how we communicate with the world around us. Intellect is primarily something for ourselves. Nobody knows what I'm thinking. I can sit and think all day, nobody can bother me. But my emotions is affected by people around me and the way I feel, I express myself to other people. 
when it comes to a person's emotions, which also represent a person's middos, which means their attributes, the way they behave, their habits. Our habits are transformed based on our community, by the world around us. So if we have a dark world and the environment is negative, it's going to cause us to have negative traits of complacency, entitlement, detachment, a lack of empathy. Generally, we have bad characteristics. The idea of going to sleep means darkness. And now our attributes become dark. To elevate ourselves from this darkness, we need to wash our hands with water. What is water? Water represents wisdom. Ein mayim el Torah. Water is Torah. But it's not enough that I put my hand in a sink and I wash like this. I need to put it into a vessel. Implying that the knowledge of Torah has to be deep, not shallow. It has to be so deep and thorough and pure that it brings to action. Not someone who theoretically knows a lot of Torah, but someone who lives Torah. When you have the power of Torah in your hand, then you can wash away these bad emotions. You can wash away these bad midos. You can wash away these bad attributes. But that's not the focus. You don't have to do it all in one day, all in one shot. It's very difficult for a person to change his whole life in one moment. So you do it a little bit at a time, a little bit on the right, a little bit on the left. You come back to it later, again you do a little bit on the right. The next day, again, a little bit on the left. Slowly, we alternate, but we have the focus, we have the goal to diminish the impurity. That's why we alternate. When it comes to spirituality, when it comes to bread, which the table represents the holy altar, and the bread represents sacrifices, when it comes to holiness, this must be constant, and this must be consecutive, and this must be at all times. Our focus in life is light. Our focus in light in world is spirituality. Our focus in life is to make the world a better place. That is primarily our entire goal and that is our preoccupation. And that's what we're constantly doing one after the other. We don't stop. Every moment, more and more and higher and higher. And it's not enough that we do it on one hand, we do it on both hands. The right hand represents chesed, kindness. The left hand represents gevura, severity. We need to serve God with all our emotions, not only part of our emotions. After that, after we wash our hands, we bring them both together, like this. We don't simply wash our hands and then raise our hands and say the bracha. We first bring our hands together. Why? Why do we need to bring our hands together like this? According to the Code of Jewish Law, it's simply to make sure the water went to all parts of our hand. According to Chassidus, it's because we're bringing the right and the left together. We're making peace. The one who makes peace above, you should make peace down here. We make peace between the right and peace between the left. The right is giving. The left is restraint. It has to come together. We need to serve God with all our emotions. We find this by Abraham, that he was tested nine times. The tenth test was he should sacrifice his son Isaac. When he was willing to do that, God says, now I know that you are God-fearing. What do you mean? Till now he wasn't God-fearing? And the answer is, the first nine tests were primarily the attribute of chesed, of kindness. Avram by nature was a kind person, he was a giving person, he was a loving person. So everything he did was with the right hand. But could he do something with the left hand? 
when he was willing to slaughter his son Isaac, even though he loved him, and even though it was his only son, and he waited for that child a hundred years, still in all, when God commanded him to do that, he needed to activate the attribute of Gevura, the attribute of the left, the, the attribute of restraint. God says, now I know you're God-fearing. Now he was complete. The right and the left came together. In Kabbalah it says that there are three times in the Torah that we find the terminology for Yad, that we call God with this terminology of Yad. One is Yad Hagadola, God's big hand, Yad Hazaka, God's mighty hand, and Yad Rama, God's exalted hand. It's the same idea. The right hand is the Yad Hagadola, the big hand, it's kindness. The left hand is Yad Hazaka, the mighty hand, which is Gevura, severity. But then it comes together. Yad Rama, exalted hand. But we have both of them together, working in harmony, complementing one the other. Now you have the exalted hand. As it says, Ubenei Yisrael, Yoitzim Yad Rama, the Jewish people left the land of Egypt with an exalted, outstretched hand. It represents redemption, Geula. So this is the concept of washing your hands. It's all about transformation. The focus, the main focus, is the consecutive washing. Spirituality, more and more, higher and higher. But there are times we have to go back and fix the past. There are times we have to go back and diminish the darkness. There are times we have to go back and get rid of the skeletons. But that should not be your focus. That is not 24-7. Yom Kippur, we do that. Tisha B'Av, we do that. There are times a year, maybe Thursday night before Shabbos for a few minutes, but primarily it has to be positivity, light, proactive, and joy. To end with a story on the power of washing one's hands. A story was told by the great Maggid of Koznitz, by the name of Rabbi Eliezer of Koznitz, the fourth Rebbe of Koznitz. He tells the following story. There was a doctor who did not follow the laws of Torah. And he would also diminish the laws of Torah. And then he had a son. And he raised his son in the same spirit. However, his wife, who had a level of fear of God in her, told her son, I want you to choose one mitzvah. One mitzvah of the 613 commandments, and that should be your one mitzvah. So even though the son did not follow Torah, and he also despised the laws of the Torah and the rabbis, but there was one mitzvah he took upon himself, and that was the mitzvah of washing your hands before you eat bread. He would never eat any bread before he washed his hands in the tilat yodoyim. He too became a doctor, became very wealthy. However, one day there was an argument between him and one of the townspeople. And because of that, they went to a Beth Din. And the rabbi sat at the court and they heard both sides. And they said the doctor is wrong and the other man is correct. The doctor was very upset. He was adamant. He was correct. He knows everything. 
The rabbis are wrong. He will not follow what the rabbis say. And because of this, he was excommunicated from the community. Well, when you're excommunicated, nobody talks to you anymore. In the interim, he had to travel from one town to the next town. Now, in between these two towns, there was a very dangerous trail. It was a path that was blood-soaked because highwaymen used to hide there and pounce upon their victims. And therefore, nobody would go alone. You would always go with a group, a large group that was protected to be able to go from one side to the other side. Now, this young man, this doctor, needed to travel to the other city, but he couldn't find anyone who was willing to go with him. So he decided he would get a very, very quick horse, a fast horse, and he would drive through the forest, and he would not wait or stop, but he would get to the other side. He buys this fast horse, amazing horse, he gets on it, and he has in his sack a sandwich for lunch, and he's driving and faster and faster, and he's going through the forest like the wind. One day passes. Two days pass. He falls asleep for a few minutes while the horse continues to gallop. The third day pass. He drinks a little water, but he does not get off the horse because if he gets off the horse, the highwaymen are going to attack him. It's already the fourth day. He feels he's going to die. He needs to eat something. But he won't eat bread before he washes. He finally sees a river and he says, should I stop, not stop? He says, I must stop, I'm going to die. He gets off the horse. And as he's going to the river, he sees the highwaymen coming out from all the trees. He, he thinks, should I go back onto the horse or should I wash? No, I'm too hungry, I must wash. As he approaches the river, the first highwayman struck him in the head. The second one struck him and he was dead. His soul goes to heaven. And the heavenly tribunal says, look, this was a man who died for one mitzvah. He was willing to give up his life for one mitzvah. The mitzvah of washing his hands before he ate bread. If that is the case, we're going to overlook all his sins. He's going to go straight to paradise. And so he's walking into paradise. He's about to go into paradise. And the gatekeeper says, you cannot enter here. Why not? The heavenly tribunal told me I can go to paradise. You are excommunicated down there. And therefore you are excommunicated up here. You have to go back down to the rabbi and tell him to remove this cherim, this excommunication. And so that night, he appears to the rabbi in a dream. He says, Rabbi, I need to get into heaven. But they don't let me. You have to remove the excommunication. The rabbi says, no problem. It's removed. It goes back to heaven. Let me in. You cannot enter. Why not? It was written on paper. It has to be written on paper that they forgive you. Verbally is not enough. He goes back to the rabbi. Rabbi, is not enough. You have to write it down. Okay, the rabbi gets up. And he gets the rabbis together. He writes now a new document stating that he's no longer excommunicated. The soul of this young doctor goes back to heaven. And now they say you can enter into paradise. But the rabbi turns to the soul and says, by the way, I have a question to ask you. The last two times when we communicated and we were talking, it seemed that you had a vast, tremendous, deep knowledge of the Torah. Yet I know 
that down here in this world, you would learn no Torah whatsoever. How is it that you are so knowledgeable and you have this tremendous understanding and depth of the Torah? And he said the following. He said, you know, the angel that was created with my death because of my sacrifice for the mitzvah of washing your hands, that angel taught me the Torah on the way to paradise. And so, my dear friends, we see the importance of even one mitzvah, how to dedicate your life to one mitzvah. And that one mitzvah is your ticket to paradise. That one mitzvah is your ticket to the entire Torah. We hope and pray that in the zechus, in the merit of washing our hands before we eat, in the zechus and the merit of washing our hands when we get up in the morning, God will wash our hands from this dark gullus and bring about purity in the world, peace in the world, harmony in the world, with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days.